Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. United States Women's National Team CONCACAF W Gold Cup Recap S episode. The United States played Argentina to a 4-0 win last night. We are up bright and early to chat about it with Darian Jenkins, Sandra Herrera, I'm Lisa Carlin. Um, Darian, you were on our coverage all night last night across Paramount+. Plus. Um, we got to hear incredible thoughts from you. And you joined us live this morning. Um did you get any rest, my dear? I got a little bit, but I'm I'm always yeah. down to talk about this U.S. Women's National Team and this Gold Cup. It's been insanity, and we had a plethora of goals yesterday, so I'm hyped to talk about it. Sandra, how are you? How'd you take in the game, and, and what's your initial thoughts on the match? Yeah, I was up late last night, just like everyone else, kind of taking in the sights and sounds of match day two, and um. I'm just so happy for everybody involved from the players on the pitch, the coaching staff putting together the plans, those of us getting to watch and witness it and, and talk about it the next day. It's uh, the gold cup is, is providing for sure. It sure is um, a, a little wrinkle out there for everyone that has been watching goal. Um, goal differential is a really huge factor in this gold cup coverage um, that, because at the end of the group stage, once these nations advance out of the group stage into the knockout rounds, they are not seeded by winner of group A against third place winner. It is seeded by goal differential, essentially, and overall. So um, to be that number one seed heading into the knockout rounds, you, of course, need to win. And then you need to have the best goal differential. So uh, it does provide a little bit of a wrinkle in all of these games that we're watching. But let's dive into the United States against Argentina. Um, the starting lineup, we have to start there because there were 10 changes from the United States' first match against the Dominican Republic. Casey Murphy got the start in goal. Crystal Dunn, Naomi Gurma, Tierna Davidson, Casey Kruger, Corbin Albert, the only player that got the start in both matches. Rose Lavelle, Lindsay Horan, Trinity Rodman, Alex Morgan, and Jaden Shaw line up to start this match. Um before we jump into highlights and kind of how all of this game happened, Sandra, 10 changes? We, we knew we were going to expect rotation, but 10? Did you expect this? You, listen, listen. You like it. I love it. I, I'm here for it. I There's nothing I love more, I think, than 
hearing the the messaging and then watching it play out in in, in real time there's we've heard through pregame availabilities through sideline reporting that this tournament was going to be utilized as such for for tinkering for rotation for evaluating so when i saw 10 changes i was like incredible love to love to see it come come to life me too um especially the fact that jaden shaw got the start she was the player that i was um prior to the match, right? Not after she scores a brace, spoiler alert. I'm really excited to see her because of how much versatility she can provide on this team. And that's been a theme for this coaching staff because if they are shifting in and out of formations, they need to be able to have players that can also shift in and out of formations in different positions. Um, and I think with Casey Kruger in that back line as well, we'll get into it, but she did play a little bit deeper of a role than maybe Mitch Purse played in the first game on that right back wing back side because it is almost a flex position in a 4-3-3 to some extent. Um, but Alex Morgan got the start, Darian. A player that wasn't initially called in, gets called in right before the Dominican Republic match. She, she comes on around the 70th minute, I believe, in, against the DR, scores a pen, and now gets the start. Um, I was a little surprised to see that. Were you? Yeah, I was also surprised. I thought... Uh maybe Smith would get another start or they would alternate this position at the nine a little bit more. I thought we'd see more rotation there, but I understand that the, I guess the thought process I kind of made of it is having that leadership on the field is really unmatched going against a team. Um, the star power that Alex Morgan brings, and then also her securing a penalty in the previous game. Uh, I think that that was such a boost for her confidence that she's needed for a minute. And I think in this game, uh, we'll take you through some highlights, but she's got another goal and she looked like the Alex Morgan that we're accustomed to seeing, making something yes. out of nothing, um, throwing her head into the mix. I, I thought she had a really good game um, and I'm happy to see that she got another goal and her second of the tournament. And I think she's just heating up. Yeah, this was a really good game to start off for the United States. Um Against Argentina, uh, let's run through the highlights if you're joining us live on YouTube because this match happening in Carson, California, outside of L.A., and it was a very, very open first 10 minutes. Fast-paced, fun, energetic, Darian. Yeah, uh, here it takes off. Mariana Laroquette, my former teammate from Kansas City, you heard Lola Bonta talk about her. This girl is not afraid to shoot the ball. Uh, I've seen her do this time and time again, and that would have changed the trajectory of the game had that gone in, but it showed Argentina wasn't playing around. And then here, early in the game, the ninth minute, quick free kick, Jaden Shaw, Lindsay Horan with his connection. Nobody else is prepared, and Jaden Shaw slots at near post. I love this because look at their body language together. Look at everyone else in the box. No one's really paying attention. Oliveira is not, not really looking, trying to organize her team, and she has the wherewithal to slot it near post. That is not an easy finish to make. And then uh, off of a throw-in, Crystal Dunn, Rose Lavelle, Lindsay Horan, making this triangle look easy. Jaden Shaw with a late run into the box, and off of a volley with her left foot, keeps it down and puts it into the right corner. This shows such maturity on Jaden Shaw because a lot of players would rocket that over. And then across into the box, a little bit of mayhem. Uh, Casey Kruger gets high, pulls the ball back, whips the ball in, and watch Alex Morgan's movement, how she backs in between three defenders, is able to get enough power on it and lob it over the keeper's head. This is what I was saying Well, we see classic Alex Morgan making something out of nothing. That is such a difficult finish to not have momentum running onto the ball. She's backing out into space. 
And then, unfortunately for Argentina, Jenna Nicewanger takes this shot, and it is a handball after VAR check. And sadly, this is Mayorga's second yellow, which results in a red card. And Lindsay Horan steps up to take the pen and slots it home for the fourth and final goal of this match. She actually had another one that was taken back for offside. It was a little bit of a, I'm going to call it a Schross. <laughs> it was a Schross. Uh, but hey, goal's a goal, but it's sadly it's taken back, but um, could have been 5-0. But I thought this was a really strong performance from the U.S., especially with that many players changing. It shows how much they're bought into Twyla Kilgore's system and how much chemistry they're building. And it's just the beginning. For this U.S. side, they they did have a lot of chemistry. Um, I thought the game started so fast. I, I Not only did Argentina technically get the first chance of the match in the opening nine minutes on that 40-yard shot from La Roquette, of ricocheting off the crossbar, um, but really everyone just looked in sync on the same page. Sandra, who stood out to you for the U.S. during this game? Gosh, I mean, I think immediately – it goes to to Jaden Shaw. I think it's it's hard to not take a look at this game and not kind of shout her out in terms of the performance that she had. But I think anyone really, perhaps along that side, kind of really getting things going in this game. I thought Lindsay Horan had a pretty pretty good game as well. I think if we just sort of see that that first goal, and you could say, okay, this is a player that has helped kind of setting tempo and 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 getting things done. Um, you know, I th- I think. I, maybe if we look a little further in, in, into the match and kind of seeing players that were providing that with, I thought Casey Kruger had a very, very good game in mm-hmm. terms of what was being asked of the the fullbacks on, on that first 45 minutes. Um, and I, I just think I really, really appreciate and value the fact that you can make 10 player rotations going into uh, a second match day of a tournament and tinker around a little bit even with your tactics and the personnel that you put out on the pitch executes and delivers. Mm -hmm. I think that ultimately was just what was so refreshing out of not just that that first half, but the full 90, really. That's such a flex of the United States, right? That they can roll into this tournament and make 10 changes and still dominate um, throughout the 90 minutes. Now, I think Argentina actually gave um, a bit of pressure against the United States. They played with a type of freedom and a type of confidence that I was really excited to see from Argentina, especially considering that in Argentina's first match of the tournament, they drew nil-nil with Mexico. Um, They had opportunities, but they were not scared to play against the United States. And that's been, I think, a theme over the last several years that teams coming up to play against the U.S. aren't scared anymore. And they're like, we can take this. We have the confidence to do it. And the United States was able to kind of combat that fire that Argentina was throwing at them, whether it was knocking the ball around the back or really quick ball movements. I think we saw from Argentina the moments that they were looking to attack were when they could get in transition. And if they had an open shot and an opportunity to catch Casey Murphy off her line or to move really quickly, they were going to do that. And the U.S. never looked flustered. They were able to kind of match the tempo of the game, re-kind of control how it was going to be played, um, get it back into their momentum. And to me, a lot of that felt on the shoulders of Lindsay Horan. She did such a good job centrally um, to be an option for all of her teammates to pop into those holes, to switch a lot with Corbin Albert in that first 45 minutes, Darian, to kind of 
play higher up, to play drop into that six. What did you notice in the midfield from the U.S. throughout this? Yeah, I think there's a lot of rotation. I also like that it allows Rose to roam the front line a lot. Um, I think when she's stuck in the middle, it's not her most fluid position to just have to play in one zone. Um, so Lindsay and Corbin Albert, I think having that rotation allows Rose to have a lot more room to play and move around and connect. And that's when we started seeing these goals happen. Um, Rose is who ended up crossing the ball to Jaden Shaw on her second goal um, from the left wing position, really high up the pitch. So I love that. I think uh, I I love Albert as the six, actually. I think when she came out, there wasn't as much fluidity in the passing. There wasn't much as much quickness and movement of the ball. I think Sonic gives a much more defensive look of like a little bit more of a mature screen. She reads the game, anticipates, you know, what's going to pop out a little bit more, but I love Albert in that position. It's, it's very fluid, lots of triangles. She's quick on the ball, has really good vision. Uh, and I think she is really going to develop. I, I, I like that for her. I think it suits her really well and gives the U S a lot more room to attack. What was the difference in Albert's play from the first game for the U.S. against the DR and then now with Argentina? I think she was sitting higher and was meant to just occupy more pockets to try to draw them out in the first game. Uh, It was a lot of just quick bounce passes. Um, She was turning a bit. She was getting into the box. She was trying to shoot, which is great. I think that's a really good position for her to be in and use at times when teams are going to do that because she was really effective at pulling them out and she's not afraid to turn and spew the ball left and right. But when she's in the six, I think it gives Lindsay and Rose and maybe whoever's going to play in that 8-10 position a lot of freedom to connect with her, find their own pockets, turn. You saw a lot more longer passes happening this game uh, than we saw in the first game. That's also attributed to Argentina stepping out a little bit more. Uh, but I, I I like this for her. I like the way she looked in the system with the U.S. And I think it's going to be one of their more stronger tactical positionings, I think. Uh, just 20 years old Corbin Albert, and that was just her third cap that she got. She was able to have a lot of success in there, mostly in part due to one of her teammates, Lindsay Haran, the captain arms, the wearing the captain's armband during this match. She ends up getting the fourth and final goal for the United States off a penalty. Uh, she got to chat with our very own Jenny Chu, who is on the ground out in California. Take a listen to some of that post-game sound. The perfect start to the tournament for you guys. Getting the win tonight, what did you see from your team that you liked? Um, I mean, it was fun. I think we enjoyed the ball. I think the first three goals, you know, getting them early, I think that kind of set the tone for us. And again, the possession that you saw, the movement, the kind of free flow, I think that's what that we've wanted. And again, we're just we're making steps throughout the tournament coming from the first game to the second game. I think I mean, it's great. A lot of goals, nine goals across two matches and none conceded. How much of a success is that? A big success. I mean, you look at this team and, it, it, you know, it's a difficult team to play against. And, a, and you know, they're feisty. They're they're a little cutthroat um, playing against them. So they made it difficult for us. So a good game for, for us to get four goals. And, and again, we, we move on in the next game. It did get a little aggressive out there towards the end. Um, but one thing Twyla Kilgore said is that you guys are building more on the left side. You guys usually build on the right side pretty well when you get those goals. But you guys were doing so on the left side. And that, that had a lot to do with you. She was praising your contribution to that. Why is that? <laughs> Well, it's nice of her. I think, again, I, I, it just shows, you know, how, di- how dynamic this team is and, you know, the different types of, of play that we can put out there. And I think, you know, it's uh, a lot of credit to Twilight as well, what we've done this week and the different ways that we build out and, and play through. So, again, I'm, I'm proud of the win. I'm proud of the way we played. And, yeah, it's amazing. I see you as a leader on this team talking to Twyla a lot. At halftime, I saw you running in with her, conversing with her. How much is that a dialogue that's back and forth for you guys? 
Yeah, it's big. I think, obviously, uh, her input, my input to, to her, I think just getting a good sense of how we feel about the game. And, again, uh, it's just a little moment today, and uh, I think it helps. I think we just, you know, you, you see something on the sidelines, but you feel something in the game. So it's good to kind of share those opinions. So. Beautiful, Lindsay. I just got to say, Mexico next. How do you guys prepare for that? It's a quick turnaround. Yeah, again, we uh, look back at this game, take what we can from from that. We recover and, you know, as quick as possible. And we know Mexico is a, a rivalry game and it's going to be a good one. Exciting. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. You know, I appreciate these these kind of quick post-game check-ins that we're getting from, from Jenny during this Gold Cup tournament because sometimes you're getting a player in, like, the peak of their adrenaline and you're going to say, okay, like, you're going to toss them a few questions and what are they going to give you but something I really appreciate out of that first match day one post-game comments from whether it was Mitch Purse or Olivia Moultrie to this one with Lindsay Horan is again the messaging is sort of similar from what we're hearing across the board and across the page, no matter the player that you're talking to. And they could be an 18-year-old who scores a brace, or it could be the the captain who's rocking the armband on the pitch. And I think something that's really important for me is that we, we're hearing these players saying that they're having fun coming out of these games. That's a real big buzzword for me that's been standing out in these, in these kind of post-game shouts. And I think the fact that they're addressing the things that they're actually been working on and watching the, uh, them execute it in real time is massive. Hearing her t- talk about that left side specifically and, and then kind of looking back at those highlights and knowing all of the work that they were doing on that side to go ahead and progress the ball, get into dangerous spaces, and of course, touching on this fluidity and this freedom. And it's a good shout to, to Darian, which she was touching on, on all of that stuff, especially. I think there's moments that we're starting to see, I think from game one to game two, that yes, there's this fluidity, yes, there's this freedom, but there's also moments where you're asking players to concede a little bit so other players can have a little bit more of that freedom. And I love that we saw more of that in this second match. Yeah, a lot of freedom, a lot of fluidity, hoping that just continues to grow and grow and grow. All right, we have so much more to break down with this game. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We're talking more USA when we get back. Let's go! It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Attacking Third. Darren Jenkins, Sandra Herrera, I'm Lisa Carlin. Uh, We are chatting United States women's national team and their 4-0 win over Argentina in their second W Gold Cup match. Um, Throughout this game, we saw a lot of different players take the field, 10 different changes from the first match for the United States. And then we saw a lot of players change as well. At the halftime, Sophia Smith came in for Alex Morgan. Emily Sonnet slotted in for Albert in the midfield. Uh, Emily Fox got time for Casey Kruger. Jenna Nightswanger as well for Crystal Dunn. Um, 
and Sam Coffey as well came in for Rose Lavelle. So a lot of different players rotation. We knew that was going to come, but it, it, Darian, I mean, what do you make of all all these players and how they're changing? And and maybe some of the players that have only gotten some of minutes, right? Like Sophia Smith, one of those players who did come on at halftime and get more time. Who else stood out to you outside of the obvious uh, two goal, Jaden Shaw? Uh, well, we've got to give some love to Emily Fox. I think she she's such a stable player that you know exactly what you're going to get when she comes in. She's not going to give up possession much. She's going to get forward in the attack. She's going to uh, be really, really solid defensively. And I know we haven't seen too much of her, but I think anytime she comes in, whether she's starting or she's coming in as a sub, she's consistent. And that is something that is needed for this U.S. back line. Another player, I know that they're not tested too much, and especially in the lot, the previous two games, but Naomi Gurman and Tierna Davidson, I really like this duo in the back. Um, I think they both have such good rain, pa- uh, passing range and connection with each other. If you watch their movement in the game, the angles that they're playing each other the ball they're cutting down a lot of time where maybe they would need to play a six to get the ball a little bit higher, dribble. They're passing and the crispness of it. We saw some balls go out, but I think that they're going to build on that and it's going to cut down so much of the kind of short passing needed to get higher up the field because they have such strong passing accuracy. Uh, but I, I love it. I think all of these changes, again, as Sandra was saying, is a testament just to how good the depth is on this U.S. side. And it's going to be hard for Twyla and Emma Hayes to make a pick for the Olympics. And I think a lot of players are making such a great case for themselves that maybe we didn't expect to with these system changes because you're asking a lot of players to be able to adapt like that um, emotionally, mentally, physically with this quick turnaround and cadence of games. And it's going to mimic exactly the Olympics. So uh, I think all these players deserve a lot of love, but the ones that I shouted out are some that I think have really, really thrived under this. Didn't did Naomi Gurma and Tierna Davidson play together at Stanford? They overlap, right? One or two years. I think Am I so. wrong? I think I they think did too. I think maybe one more. Year. I think there's more history with Cook and, and Davidson. I think they're true. Just like not maybe not as much time, but I mean, there's no denying that kind of you know connection. We hear about it all the time. Yeah, with 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 players who come out of the farm right so it's I, I, I'm, I'm with you there. I think it's a good I think it's a good shout from uh from from Darian for sure I think it's important to note that like that frenetic that kind of frantic pace that we saw a little bit in, in the opening minutes and stretches of this game I think also kind of helped set things up defensively I mean it was good to see these two having not had as much time together yet on the national team level kind of make those adjustments very quickly. Like, okay, that's enough of that. Well, we've got, they've gotten, you know, La Roquette has gotten, uh, you know, a little bit too funny here and we need to kind of lock it up. And so that's what we, <laughs> we saw the adjustment kind of come pretty, pretty quickly from the two of them, which I, which I appreciated as well. Um, Trinity Rodman, I want to talk about her a little bit because she got dubbed with the, the start in this match. She came off the bench against the Dominican Republic. She starts on the left wing, um, along with Alex Morgan, Jaden Shaw up top, which, um, I was kind of interested to see how that played out, how much interchange there was. And there really wasn't that much interchange from like left to right side of the field. Trinity Rodman really stayed on the left. Um, she really kind of tried to occupy that space and she didn't get on the ball as often as 
as I want her to as a, a fan and as a media watching this and as a Rodman uh, stand, let's just say. say. So I, I was trying to maybe like 15, 20 minutes into the first half, I was like, wait, Rodman really hasn't done too much. I was so excited by all the other players that I was almost distracted that she wasn't doing so much. So I really tried to watch her. And although she wasn't super active on the ball, Rodman did a lot defensively. As soon as the U.S. would lose the ball or maybe it would be a a, a 50-50 battle, she was dropping back and tucking in a little bit. She did a lot of work to kind of make sure that the holes were covered, which I think opened up a lot of the space for Rose Lavelle and Lindsay Horan to play a little higher up the field, especially Rose Lavelle, who was making so many overlapping runs and really able to get out wide all the way on the flank. And as much as I love when Lavelle picks up the ball centrally and just runs at back lines, I love her when she's crossing the ball in from the left side because her left foot is so lethal. She does a really good job of picking out players and runners in the box. Um, So maybe that relationship with Rodman and her was kind of allowed that to flourish as the game went on. But Rodman's role was a little bit different than we've seen in the past for her. She she did a good job of combining with one-touch passes to send Alex Morgan in behind. And instead of being on the ball as much herself, especially in the first 45 minutes, um, I was just – it was kind of interesting to kind of see how Rodman's role was playing throughout this game and th- throughout this match with the U.S., Um, When we look at the rotation that the U.S. is playing right now with this formation, Darian, they they have this four back that kind of shifts into a three back. How would you describe the how effective essentially this is, whether it's Casey Kruger on the outside or Emily Fox as this kind of wing back shifted right side player? I don't even know what to call them. How would you explain it? (laughs) <laughs> it's like a two, three, five at this point, um, <laughs> depending on their opponent. Uh, yeah. So the wing back positioning is odd. First, I want to comment on the Trinity Rodman. Um, oh yeah. Thoughts you had, because I agree. I don't, I don't know if this formation suits her game where it's at right now, how she was playing before. I don't think it gives her a huge amount of space to sit and go one V one over and over again. Uh, I think it allows more so for players to, you're going to pop into a pocket, you're going to try to turn inside, or you're going to combine, you're going to make triangles to then someone else whip the ball in, whether that's a wing back, whether that's one of the tens. Um, I think a player like Jaden Shaw, like they're, they're just different types of players. It suits her a little bit more. She likes to tuck inside. She likes to get the ball in pockets. I mean, she plays the 10 sometimes. So she's a little more comfortable doing so. We saw Trinity doing it time a couple of times she had some shots where she cut inside, took a couple of touches and shot the ball, um, had some opportunities, but I think that's an element of her game that maybe is going to be developed under the system, which I love for her. Mm-hmm. I love, I think she's going to thrive under it once she just gets more and more reps and more time. And that's only going to help her as a player. Yeah. If she has to adjust to different formations, right? Yeah. And then I think what she can control, if maybe it's not gelling in that moment, you focus on defending. Nothing's getting by you. You're going to track back. You're going to block every pass coming your way. You're going to make big tackles. And so it just shows her maturity in the game and maybe where she's looking to develop in Twilight and Emma Hayes see that as well. Um, but this wingback position, I I think I I really like it. I I think our wingbacks are actually better crossers than most of our forwards. Um and with that, you're seeing forwards getting more people crashing into the box, which is something we were really critical of in the World Cup. You know, why? where are the runs? Why isn't it dynamic? Everyone's on the same line getting into the box. There's no one at the top of the D. Um, 
And so we saw that in this game. And I think with the wingbacks getting really high and able to combine, it stuffs up the middle. But that's such an advantage for the U.S. and how the aerial duels, how dominant they can be. Um, but I, I love it. I think, yeah, it's, it's going to challenge players that are used to just having that whole line to run and go after. But it's going to develop these players a lot more than maybe what we've seen before, having to work in pockets of space, having to really read pressure on your back and turn, um, checking your shoulders, knowing who to combine with, where runs are going, um, seeing two, three passes ahead of where you actually are, as opposed to just taking it on yourself. Sandra, do you like it? You like this formation change? Yeah, I think, and that's what, look, it just goes back, I think, to a lot of our previewing of this, too. Uh, I think it just we were so open just to anything in this in this Gold Cup. We wanted to see different player rotations. I think we wanted to see different tactics utilized. I think getting more into the X's and O's, we wanted to see those different types of units, those different types of trios or those duos going into, into these games. And I think, I think we've gotten it already just with these first two games. Um, you know, I think even looking at just this last one where we're noticing a lot of the buildup and progression of the ball on one side of, uh, of the pitch versus the other, I don't necessarily uh, take a look at that as, as something that's problematic. I don't look at that victory that just happened and, and say, well, why is everything happening on this side? And what's wrong with everyone over there on the opposite side? I think it's very cute. I think it leads to more it, curiosity for me. It makes me wonder, you know, players and coaches having those discussions laying out the game plan talking about it understanding their roles and assignments what is what does that mean what does it look like maybe it looks a little bit like what we saw in that opening 20 minutes against Argentina for every for all the build that we saw on one side all of a sudden we see Casey Kruger on the opposite side whipping these balls in as a wing back like Darian said maybe having some better service than some of the forwards and all of a sudden we get a goal kind of developing on, on the opposite side so um you know I, I'm here for it I'm with I hope we get to see more of it in, in the third match. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Like if you're if it's, you're having success down one side of the field, keep going. Like why the heck not? Um, all right, Alex Morgan. She uh, was initially not called into this camp. She gets a late call in due to an injury to Mia Fischel. Um, she comes in during the match against Dominican Republic, scores her first goal in nearly a year, three hundred and sixty three days. Um, then she gets the start against Argentina and ends up getting another goal. So less than 45 minutes of play. She had two goals after not having one for about a year with the United States. Uh, Alex Morgan stood by with Jenny Chu on the ground out in L.A. Let's take a listen to what Alex Morgan had to say post game. Alex, two wins to start this tournament. How proud are you of this group thus far? Yeah, the group's done really well, especially um, after this first game, coming in here, wanting to get more goals um, and just starting off quick. So I feel like we created a lot and we had a lot of um, variety in our attack, a lot of crosses, um, a lot of opportunities in front of goal. So I feel like overall it was a really good performance. You've scored in back-to-back -back games. How does that feel to get back out here and also get back on the score sheet? Yeah, it's nice, obviously, getting the call up. Um, <laughs> pretty recently and then coming in um yeah i just want to do as much as i can impact the game um and it's just great to be in with the team so obviously it helps to score goals as well we know that you're on the score sheet for tonight but you also your movements were opening pockets of space up for your other teammates to kind of capitalize on opportunities and it's something that twyla praised at halftime about you well, was that premeditated or was that something that kind of just went with the flow of the game 
Um, I know they're biting hard. Um, they're very front-footed, so they're leaving open gaps. Um, we saw them in the second half as well with Soap. So I was just trying to, you know, make runs if I made myself open or a teammate open. Um, didn't matter. Just wanted to get on the ball into um, behind the back line. And I feel like we were able to kind of unorganize them a little bit with our opposite movements. And that was definitely something we were working on. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Alex. At times, it looks like a little three-man weave up top, but Alex yeah. Morgan was saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. Um, I agree with what she was saying. I like that, you know, they're focused on getting the ball wide, working on crossing. Um, that was something we had criticism on in the first game, obviously, because they could have had – they should have scored eight goals. I'm going to say it. No, I'm just playing. Um, but they should have scored more. Uh, but, Lisa, I wanted to ask you, do you think – because I, I also felt that there was a lack of rotation up top. Do you think because of Alex Morgan's – style the type of player she is which is really classically a hold up nine she's not a winger she did in her when she was a little bit younger in her career but like her a nine a classic nine suits her better whereas smith rotates a lot more with the front three do you think that that's why maybe we didn't see rodman and shaw alternate sides and see a little bit more fluidity yes i do i really do and alex morgan is also very um confident in her play and that's like positive to me honestly she knows what she's good at she knows how to play um, specifically with Jade and Shaw right they played their club ball together in San Diego she's very confident in her ability to get in behind to be able to stretch and to play as her signature number nine that she's done so well for so long because teams can't stop her so she's not forced to play differently um, and and it worked right you look at how this United States side went into halftime three nil and they had three goals in the span of 10 minutes in that first half, including one from Alex Morgan herself. So it it worked. So I'm not necessarily like she needs to switch it up and she needs to change it. If Alex Morgan's on the field and you know what she's going to do, I think that's fine. It makes it a little bit more predictable for her teammates around her to be able to know, okay, this is how we're going to play with Morgan. And then second half, Sophia Smith comes in, and I think there was more rotation, Um, especially when Smith was up there with Trinity Rodman and Jaden Shaw. They did play together for um, a a big chunk of time in the second half that there was a little bit more rotation. And I like that from the United States, that different personnel are going to bring out different things on this U.S. side. Did you notice a change in the second half when Soph came on? Yeah, and the thing is, is Soph is also, I think she's a little bit more dynamic in her positioning, where she's not afraid to turn, roll a defender, and dribble at the back line. Uh, That's not necessarily Alex Morgan's game. Uh, Maybe when she was a little bit younger, we saw more of that, but I think with her doing that and she draws someone out and turns them herself instead of just laying off, it allows these forwards on the wing to dive inside and make these runs. Uh, we didn't see the full connection because she was fouled like 90% of the time that she was able to do it. Uh, but you're right. I agree with you. I think that that's why we didn't see so much movement across the front three because with this formation, they're also sending five people on the front line essentially to sit in pockets and try to get in behind. So there's, there's not a lot of space, but I think when Soph does that, it, it, it allows it a little bit more. I think maybe next game we'll see something like that against Mexico. I think it'll be a little bit more open because Mexico's going to attack. They have a little bit more of a prowess going forward, especially if you saw the highlights from their last game. It was goals, goals, goals. Um, 
but yeah, I, I agree with you. Soph and Morgan are going to ask two different things between the wingers and the players underneath them. Yeah. And, and maybe with Smith on there, it does suit Rodman a little bit yeah. better. Um, yeah. it, against Argentina, of course, there was that opening shot in the ninth minute from La Roquette from 40 yards out, ricochets off the crossbar. There was also an opportunity in the 12th minute for Argentina off a set piece. Um, and it falls to La Roquette the way the ball bounces. She's ultimately offside. And, and that is like pretty evident. It didn't have to go to VAR check. But the ball does hit the back of the net. So within this opening 12 minutes, Argentina didn't have one, but two really good looks on goal. Sandra, where are maybe the concerns or the holes in this U.S. side? I think you just pointed out one of them specifically. <laughs> I think that set piece defending is probably still something that maybe lingers a, a little bit in the back of, of their minds. Maybe that also has to do with, yeah, we're seeing this rotation, but that means we're also seeing it on, on, on the back end as much as we're seeing it on, on the front end. We're getting looks at different center back duos. We're getting goalkeepers who are getting minutes in, in, in goal. I, I know that we were excited about that as well. We wanted to see some rotation there, but maybe that comes with also, uh, you know, seeing who does well with with organizing or being vocal and stuff like that. I mean, but this is not something that is unfamiliar, unfortunately, with this team at, at this point. It's something that has sort of followed them now from, from 2023, and now we're seeing into 2024. If there's not an outside call and that goal goes in, it changes things a little bit in terms of a momentum shift and in terms of what could possibly come out of at least that first 30 minutes of the game, but it doesn't happen. It all is all well that ends well, you know, but um, it's, it's fun to play the, the, the what if game, oh, I mean, what sure. happens. And if they, you know, we see it going in, we see the reaction and we see the, dis, you know, we see the disappointment when the flag is up as well from, from Argentina, because I think if at that point in the game, you know that's a game changer, especially. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so, it could have uh, potentially been two one at that point. The yeah. the shot off the crossbar. Um, Shaw had her goal off the quick restart set piece in the tenth minute, and then this opportunity for Argentina came in the twelfth minute, but um, it didn't. Neither of them found the back of the net. The U.S. get the four nil win over Argentina. Uh, that's their second win in the group stage. Their second shutout as well. So with this win, the United States advanced to the Concacaf W Gold Cup quarterfinals. They are moving on. They still have group play to come. Um, two more or one more match in group play. They play Mexico next Monday. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But first, we're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome back to Attacking Third alongside Darren Jenkins, Sandra Herrera. I'm Lisa Carlin. We are chatting CONCACAF W Gold Cup. The United States advance out of the group stages onto the quarterfinal after their 4-0 win over Argentina. Elsewhere in the Group A, Mexico played against Dominican Republic um, earlier on Friday evening. Mexico dominated 8-0 over the DR. Sandra, I'm throwing to you first because this was a different Mexican side than we saw in their opening match, which was a 0-0 draw against Argentina. What did you see throughout this Mexican Mexico match? 
I think something similar to the United States we saw a little bit of an adjustment being made by Pedro Lopez for for this Mexican side. I think there was a lot of question marks around that first game that they had against Argentina. We're talking about different sides of, of the pitch looking better than others for Mexico in that first game. There was a lot of maybe some running into each other with Sanchez and Ovalle on similar sides, but we saw that change immediately in, in this match, and I think we saw it pay massive dividends for, for Mexico. They just really took control of this game pretty early setting tempo never letting go at all i think they heard darian's request for eight goals and they said, don't worry dj we're gonna put up an eight stack for you right now so almost yeah, loving it I, I love what we saw out of it i think it was the exact response that i was looking for someone that has followed this team for a while i did not want to see them exit that scoreless draw against argentina what's honestly felt like a disappointment and maybe carry some of that discouragement over into this next game. I wanted to see a quick uh, turnaround. I wanted to see a rapid reaction. And I think we got to see that uh, for Mexico in this game. Reminder that goal differential is a huge, huge, huge factor in this tournament. Um, That is how the seedings are done for the group stages. Uh, Darian, what'd you make of this match? Uh, I loved it. Got my eight zero, but Sandra, I wanted to ask you, do you think what the biggest change was, was that Maria Sanchez and Ovalle were higher up the pitch and it allowed them to possess higher, play a little bit more threatening balls. Oh, and Ordonez up top. I thought that their link play was really, really good. The DR didn't help themselves. They left a lot of big gaps um, for the front two to receive passes from Mexico's back line, which was, I mean, fun to watch for the attack, but heartbreaking for the DR because... They just didn't have a solution for it. But do you think that that's why they were more successful with that tactic change and a couple players slotted into better positions? Yeah, absolutely. I liked um, the the shifted tactics and I liked the kind of like the slight rotation of, of the personnel as well. I mean, Ordonez, you know, we, we saw kind of the the body language and the demeanor, this sort of um, mentality, this sort of swagger of like a true nine kind of getting she was getting upset that she wasn't putting these chances away or maybe not getting in, in, into the moments uh, where she was getting into. Um, but uh, I'm I'm. Very, you know, just to put things in perspective, I mean, I'm happy that they had all these goals. I liked that they were responsive to those tactical changes, that they didn't uh, look confused or stifled from another immediate adjustment two days later. And all of that is very good and very positive. But on the Dominican Republic side of things, this is a team that has had to navigate this tournament a little bit differently. Um, Part of, I think, maybe some of the nervousness around Mexico settling for a scoreless draw in that first game against Argentina is knowing the fact that our, that Dominican Republic is going to go up against that Argentinian side and they may be even more exhausted than they already are maybe have looked at certain stretches of games. They had a preliminary match then they had to go up against the favorites in the United States and now they've got you know an, an 8-0 loss to carry with them into this final match day. So uh, I think perspective is important to have in this one as well. I mean they were going up against a Dominican Republic side that is kind of maybe had some some extended minutes uh, on their legs but it's important that good teams kind of find a way it's like even though that may be uh, the circumstance on the other side of the ball you can't let that affect your game you can't kind of go out there and say okay well we're going to take it easy on you that's a bit disrespectful to the game and so I appreciate the fact that they kind of went out there 
set that tempo and, and didn't stop with, with the goals. I think there's a difference in how they came to life versus the first 45 versus the second, but they still got out there and got it done. And I thought it was very important to see them continue to kind of build on those goals, even when they, they had more players coming in yeah. to the second half. I was really impressed with how Mexico was able to capitalize on any chance and opportunity they got, which frankly they didn't do against Argentina. Uh, despite um, a, a bit of player rotation, formation change, it, that was like the one intangible for me that Mexico failed to do against Argentina, to capitalize on chances. And I'm not just talking about a penalty kick that they did not score against Argentina, but when you look at how this Mexico game against the Dominican Republic played off, it was opening goal in the 12th minute from Hernandez through the goalkeeper's legs. Then Jackie Ovalle, um, there was a poor clearance and a turnover. So by the 14th minute, it's 2-0. 21st minute, Karen Luna, she gets a little header on it. Then there's a penalty opportunity drawn by Diana Ordonez in the 22nd minute. Rebecca Bernal off a corner kick in the 44th. And then Diana Ordonez gets her own, a, a nice little close-range chip over the keeper right before halftime. It's 6-0 at that point. You, you think, okay, what's going to happen in this? second half. Um, and there were more opportunities for Mexico that they were creating with really good combination play, passing and moving off the ball, and then ultimately capitalizing on mistakes. They were able to get two more in the second half, including one in the stoppage time, uh, which was a, a wicked shot from distance um, by Mira Pailua Bernal. I, I really liked that one. But this was a different look, Mexican side, that we saw against the Dominican Republic. Now the United States has to turn around and play Mexico. Darian, what do you expect to see from this this match between Mexico and Argentina, knowing or Mexico and the United States, knowing how Mexico just played really dominant against the DR? Yeah, uh, it's going to be a different challenge. I mean, the U.S. is no easy feat, but the U.S. also hasn't been tested in the run of play by another team in a minute. I can say I, we talked about them being exposed on set pieces. That's been a theme for a while now with this U.S. Women's National Team. Um, doing zone versus mark, leaving a lot of players open. Uh, if I'm playing a team and they're all zonal in the box on set pieces, I'm hyped about it because you have such an advantage. Um, so I think that that's something Mexico can challenge them on. And like they have such great set piece takers. Uh, Maria Sanchez uh, Oviedo, I think, is a great, really great. Oh, sorry, Ovalle is a great player to watch. Um, I, I think that those two on the wings are really effective. But I, I'm I'm thinking we're going to see a similar setup, similar personnel going against the U.S. because they can really challenge them. These are players that are technically incredibly savvy. And the way that they are playing around the DR and able to cut through lines with their decisive passing um, and accuracy, I think, was really enjoyable to watch and something the U.S. hasn't faced in a really long time. I think it's going to be quite an even game, actually. But on the U.S.'s side... I think they'll switch up their tactics again. It's going to be a different look. They may go a little bit more safe defensively, not be a 2-3-5 like I've been saying. Um, maybe at moments we'll see that where they're feeling confident with holding the ball, but I, I don't know. I think it's going, to be, it's going to be a tough game. What about you, Lisa? Do you think that uh, Mexico will come out with the same lineup and maybe uh, tactical formation that we're seeing in this game? Yeah, I, I do. I think they they will do that based on how uh, aggressive they played against the Dominican Republic. We might see the formation flex a little bit to be deeper at times just to kind of hold off some of the pressure that the United States is going to bring, especially centrally, right? The the U.S. is so, so stacked centrally, and Mexico utilizes their width, and, and their wide players are such an important part of their game that 
I, I think they're going to want to keep their width on the field, right? Having Mendia Sanchez up top, uh, being able to stretch wide. And I, I like Diana Ordonia starting. I, I think that she deserves the start. She was involved in a lot of the play. The ability that Ordonez has on the ball to play different games, whether that's checking back deeper into the midfield, uh, using her body to shield off the ball. She can play quick combinations. She can also spin out and get behind. And then her aerial presence on the services in is so necessary for Mexico that I, I want the same lineup because I think they worked really well together. Now it's a quick turnaround and the legs are going to be much heavier um, than they were perhaps after that first Argentina match. And they didn't do as much defending. Uh, Mexico did not allow a single shot on target from the Dominican Republic. But now it's a quick few days. They play again on Monday against the United States. Uh, that's a quick turnaround. And they have to get back in it. And they need points to get out of this group. And, and Mexico won second in this group. The top two teams from each group advance to the next round. And then the top two overall third-place teams um, Sandra, what do you think with Mexico USA formation change? What do you think is going to happen? I don't think we're going to see that stop from from Twyla Kilgore. I think we're going to get more rotation. I think maybe we might even see the introduction of, of an, another bit of a, a formation shift as well. And I want to see that honestly because this is the last match of of the group stage. We know from from prior tournaments that no matter the opposition teams sort of reserve what is arguably their quote-unquote best game for the United States if they find them if they happen to find themselves within a group alongside them in, in, in a group so I won't be surprised if maybe we we see some of those changes continue uh, maybe that's what we're looking for in this one at least for me I'm very curious about the coaching uh, head coaching matchup in this one what is Twyla Kilgore going to present versus Pedro Lopez you know and, and, and vice versa I think at this point with the final match of group play you've got some footage to to look at on both sides of the ball and, and be able to kind of make adjustments where you see fit. But, you know, even just looking back a little bit, Lisa, just a couple of years ago, this is this is that same Mexico side that had their backs on the rope and still had their best game for that United States side during World Cup qualifying and held them to a 1-0 loss and it was unfortunately the nail in the coffin for Mexico. They they effectively saw their dreams of the world cup go out the window, but it was still a valiant effort. It was still their best game of the group. There's a different coach. Now there's some difference in, in players here. And I think that maybe is the biggest difference that I'm going to look for going into this final game as well. Um, I want to see the confidence continue for this. side. I need to, I need to see it. Yeah, Sandra, I agree. I want to see the confidence continue because I think this team is just scratching the surface of what could be, but I want to ask you both. With these formation changes, how do you think Mexico is going to come out against the U.S. tactically? And how do you think the U.S. is going to come out against Mexico? I don't think things are going to be the same as the previous two games. Sandra, who does she think she is asking us all these questions? Uh, I love it. I love it, Dee. I absolutely love it. Um, you go first, Sandra. I have to think about it. Uh, oh, okay. Like I don't have to think. <laughs> you said specifically for both, for both, or just for Mexico? For both. Yeah, it's a chess. It's a chess game. I want to. I want to know what you guys are thinking. How they're both going to come out? You know what? I I I will say that I, I for the U.S. I still think we're going to, no matter what it is, what, what it, if it looks like a two back, if it looks like a fluctuating five back or three back, I still think the con the conceptually, I still think the kind of a aggressive high line, the counter press, I think that is still going to be a part of Kilgore and the team's game plan. They want to 
get out in these games, especially in tournament settings where they are the ones establishing the tempo, where they are the ones on the ball dictating how things are, are going to go. So I do, I do think we'll still see that energy, at least sim, uh, similar for, for the United States coming out. What it looks like in the actual formation will be yet to be seen, but I think that's the energy that we're still going to see from them. And then for, for Mexico, Oh my God. I would like to see them change a little bit as well, just to maybe kind of mess a, a little bit with, with us and, and their game plan. But at the same time, I kind of want to see some continuity from match match day two to the final game. I, I again, I like the personnel. I like the the duels and trios and the units of players that we saw combining for Mexico. I I wouldn't be opposed to, to seeing that and how it looks in another match against what are the, arguably the the tournament favorites. Yeah, um, I think that's a good shout for the U.S. I th- I think that they are going to try to do two sixes a little bit more so, um, try to combat. Uh, a little bit more centrally. So I think against the Dominican Republic, when we saw the U.S.'s play in the run, it almost looks like a box in the midfield at times with their their midfielders really, really centrally and kind of two tens and two sixes. I think we could see a shift back to that more so than we did last night, which um, – but I think actually the ripple down effect starts from the top. I don't think we're going to see Alex Morgan get another start, which changes how the front line plays, which changes everything else about the team when Alex Morgan isn't there because of the, the how we already talked about that in the play that she does. So she's not going to start, which means that in the midfield, I think we're going to see a little bit more of a box that we saw against the DR for the U.S. with two tens and two sixes really clogging up the midfield and making sure that the U.S. wins everything centrally down the field. Um, I, I don't think we'll get to see a start from Corbin Albert. She's two for two at this point. How much I want to see it, though. I, I do want to see her get a lot more significant minutes because I like her in there. And maybe I know you liked her a little deeper for the U.S. against Argentina, Darian, but I would, wouldn't be surprised if we see her a little higher up against Mexico. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I think we might be surprised because I've been surprised every game. Uh Watching Mexico's 4-4-2, I thought they used the width super well. Uh, the U.S. may stay in that 2-3-5. I think they'll still stick with the wing backs. Um, but I want to see more of a almost 4-5-1 when we're building because I don't think Morgan will start. And I want to see more of a false nine below whoever's going to be playing the nine, whether who? it's Smith. Who do you? Maybe Shaw underneath the nine in that pocket, able to make dynamic runs going forward. This also allows the wingers, whether it's Williams, uh, Rodman, whoever, to actually get space to make those dynamic runs, how we've seen them do. That's like Midge. their superpower. Midge. We didn't see Midge at all during against Argentina. Yeah. So I think something like that. And then Mexico, I would maybe predict a 4-5-1 so that they can plug up the holes in the middle of the pitch a little bit more. They're not going to have the same amount of space that they did against the DR. Uh but I think it's going to be a really good matchup between the personnel on both of these teams. Uh, it's going to be a game of chess. I think we'll see tactics change throughout the run of play a lot during this game. I hope All right, really, I really hope quickly. We have to know score predictions from oh, both of you. I'm Sandra, Sandra, what do you think? U.S. Mexico. You keep going first to me. What's up with that? <laughs> no, I, I respect it. Look, um, I want to, I want to see everything that we've uh, talked about. Already, And I, I do think what we're witnessing from the United States is a little bit of unstoppable energy. I, I, I'm 
very happy that we're watching that because I don't know if we've had that from that team in quite some time in the tournament setting there. We've always left in 2023 with games having more questions, and I don't think we are having that in this tournament right now. We're getting excited about what we're going to see next and continuity. So I do think they're going to get the win in this one, but I'm hopeful that it's it's close and it's tight. So I'm going to say 2-0 United States. Ooh, None for Darian. Mexico, Sandra. I, I think Mexico is going to get one. I, I do. So too. I think it's going to be 2-1 U.S. I hope so. Ooh, I'm going to go 3-1 U.S. Um, oh. I, I think that I just do. I think that Mexico has good vibes. Coming off eight goals over Argent or Dominican Republic, I just think yeah. it. Well, we'll see. Mexico, USA, that match is happening Monday at 10, 15 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, you can watch it on Paramount+. Plus. But the CONCACAF W Gold Cup continues tonight, Saturday night, with um, Group B action. Puerto Rico against Panama at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. And then Colombia against Brazil. More matches tomorrow on Sunday as well. And the United States is back in action for their final group stage match against Mexico. That's Monday night, and you can watch all of our coverage across Paramount+. Plus. Thanks, everyone, so much for joining us. If you're with us live on YouTube, thank you. Uh, download, follow, subscribe, like, drop comments in the chat. We love hearing from you. And you can always listen to us as a podcast um, anywhere you get your podcasts. Follow, subscribe, and watch all of our coverage across Paramount+, Plus for the CONCACAFW Gold Cup. Thanks for listening. Returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.